forward. Three, two. Did he miss the kick? Not what I thought it was going to be. Fool, one day you And then you're gone. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Be sure to check out some of our network mates, Keep Pound Den, the Roaring Riot podcast, or it is what it is, for even more great talk about your favorite team. And follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us on wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. On either side of me, as always, my, my two best friends, Mr. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and someone who never gets flustered in the last two minutes of a half in Madden. That's true. Is That's it? That's true. I've thought about it. Yeah, because I've normally quit by that point. Yeah. You don't I'm normally down 28 nothing. Your opponent has left the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I think I hear the baby crying. How do you only have a baby? What are you talking about? On my other side, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, is trying desperately to decide whether or not to go to the Goo Goo Dolls concert tonight. Ooh. Yeah, tickets are, a little yes. sp- tickets are a little spendy for the goose. That's what I'm saying. It's like 70 bucks. Like, that's too much. How many, how many, how many good songs do the Goo Goo Dolls have? Okay, here we go. Ready? Slide. Great song. Um, Black Balloon, pretty good song. What about Broadway? Broadway's a good song. What about, wait, 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 Name, that's a good one. And I'm out. How many did I get? The, 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 only one I, the only one I know that you didn't mention is Iris. Ooh, yes. Iris, Iris. is – I right. feel like that's the only one that came to I my mean, mind. But if you rattled off – you rattled off four. It's impressive. Five pretty quickly. I mean I, – I would say if tickets were 25 to $30, I would be a lot more interested than I would for 60 to 70 what 60 to 70 At the Fillmore. That's what I'm 70. saying. 70. The Goo Goos at the Fillmore, I'm like interested You probably have in to know that. about 10 mm. songs off the top of the dome to yeah. pay $70 yeah. for Goo Goo Doll concert. And I feel like I probably would know. Like if I went, and you can't I go like solo. You no. can't go solo. <laughs> Not to the Goos. <laughs> Sorry, babe. This one's for the big dog. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the big dog doesn't want the world to see him because he doesn't think that they'd understand. Oh, you did that very well. Yep. And on the one-day contract this week, Walker Mail, co-host of the Wake Up Call on ESPN 730 The Game, host of Locked on Hornets podcast, and extremely hard to tell apart from Bobby Rosinski. If you're listening when you're hungover. Yeah, and I've, you know, I haven't gotten the hungover part a whole lot. <laughs> it's not the first time I've heard that. I, and I'm kind of su- – I mean, I'm not surprised because I guess we do have somewhat similar voices. But so a, a, about two weeks ago, I'm trying to get Adam Schefter on the show. And so you have to go through his PR guy. He's trying to publicize his book that he just came out with. So it's – you know, the book is great. It's The Man I Never Met. And it's, it's a really good book. And Adam Schefter, you're just working through me to get on the show, right, and, and vice versa. So I have him on. You know, I tell him, you know, hey, I, I appreciate you coming on. Patch him through the board. And Bobby leads us off, and Adam calls Bobby Walker the yeah, entire interview. So, you know, he's like, you know, just tell us a little bit more about your book. Well, you know, Walker. And then he goes into <laughs> this whole spiel, and then he calls him Walker the entire time. Then I go on. He calls me Walker. Molly, the only person, obviously, doesn't call Walker. So, yeah, yeah we were, we were uh, 
too deep with walkers on that show. And a couple of other times it's happened. Yeah, well, it's like sometimes – I don't know if they were hungover. There are times when I have come on the show and I'm like, when when one of you two guys leads me off, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to – hey, all right, brother. You're just not going to say You're doing great. It's, doing it's great. the safe I love way it. to go. Yeah. So are we ready for Nikki's super important question? <laughs> What's happening? Colin looked like he had something to say. Well, I'll, I'll what you got it, down it, there? it did, and it vanished. Like it was there the moment, and then it was there the moment after, but it was oh, not man. there in the moment. Well, and, and oh. I apologize. I feel like the, the the start of the show has already gone weak because I first I sit down and I'm daunted with the task of picking a song, my yeah. own walk. And at first I thought this was awesome, like a huge music guy. Uh, have to pick the bumps correctly each time I bring us back from break. It, it's a huge pride mm-hmm. I take in, right? And so I was like, this, this is a, a great opportunity. And One Day by UGK, great song. Not so bumpy coming into a podcast. And I apologize. It's, it's it, actually, did, it sounded like Gano missed the it, kick. It's seductive. <laughs> right? it, it was bad. And I wanted to be better than Molly, who mm. came on here. And I still think it was better than Molly's because hers was Brian McKnight. Hers but was, it wasn't great. Yeah, hers yeah. was like bottom of the barrel. I feel like that might have been the worst intro song that we've ever had. Right? Like I'm trying I the the underwater version of that Jimmy Buffett song was pretty bad. Yeah. But that was more of a technical difficulties type situation. <laughs> this and one I kinda felt like I should have pulled out my one nine hundred voice. Not what I thought you were gonna say. Oh. <laughs> my one nine hundred voice, yeah. you know. Welcome to one day yeah. contract. <laughs> <laughs> your one your one nine hundred voice is very nice. Yeah, I feel like that, people we are didn't, asking we didn't re up that contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nikki's super important question this week. I went to Twitter, and this comes to us from the Trolley Walk, one of our good friends over at the Charlotte Podcast. So here we go. What's your go-to vending machine candy purchase? Oh, man. All right. Am I going to go first? Yeah. Are we go. going salty or sweet here? Ooh. Oh. I and are we going is – is a soda included? Because sometimes you know, I like a nice like a nice. Is it strictly candy or can we right go there. specifically? He said vending machine candy purchase. Okay, so he did say candy. candy. So right. that's so, so sweet. So all right, mm. so sweet. You so know, this question got less interesting. <laughs> <but okay. laughs> yeah, we had so many options. And uh, thanks for thanks for contributing. Just to be clear, our answers are going to be no more interesting. <laughs> Whatever the question had been, we are not going to spice it up. Um, I think you know what I'm a big Kit Kat guy because I like to be. Here's what I like to do: is I like to be able to break it apart and then it makes it feel like it's going a little bit longer. You know? Do you guys do that too? Like, well, I'm, it tricks your brain into thinking more. Yeah. Same thing with a Hershey bar. Exactly. You can do the ex- exact same thing. I like the method. Uh, I go with Twix. It's my favorite candy bar. Mm. I used to be a Milky Way guy. Then I found the world of Twix, and the cookie is what set it all apart. <laughs> Milky Way is too smooth. I feel like it's not. I need a little bit of crunch. Maybe it was something. As I grew older, I grew wiser and decided to go to the Twix instead. The yeah. cookie makes the world of difference. It really does. Yeah, and, and it's the only one that has that cookie crunch, as George Costanza told us. You can't, you can't get it anywhere else. It's true. Colin. Colin. Well, Deep thought. Colin I'm is really upset. a real situation. Ever I'm since you told him you judged. have to go candy. No, I'm feeling a little judged. Okay. It's Milky Way. I'm a Milky oh. Way guy. <laughs> you guys just sat here <laughs> and just ripped it apart. Went older and then you and go, wiser. hey, go ahead. Go ahead and tell us, Square. Tell yeah. us. <laughs> tell us what you got. Thanks. Why Milky Way? Is, Thanks, guys. Milky Ways are. It, kind of, this is a safe space. Is it a specific <laughs> type of Milky Way, or did you like to go? Because they've gone with new. I don't need. Types, right? I don't need. I don't need <laughs> like, cheap cookies in my life. Like if mi- I want, if I want the calories. <laughs> 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 All right. Whoa. Well, the, well, the look, shade, you were, you guys took some ca- swings. Are you saying at that the king Kit Kat is a <laughs> <laughs> Milky Way? Oh, Milky Way is the king. Yes, oh, I thought you were clear. the king. If you Sorry. that Milky Way, I'll, you best I'll not still miss. eat a Milky Way. If you give me a Milky Way, I'll still eat it all day long. It's just, again, when you go to the Twix, I just, I really never went back as far as which one I crave more. 
Like, the Twix is just, it's better to me, but Milky Way is fine. You can live in your childhood dreams. I mean, Milky Way is just fine. It's fine. You you have the Kit Kat, you have the Twix. How many times do you end up wasting one or the other half? Oh, darn. <laughs> I let it sit yeah. in the car, and Push now it. it's just, uh, <laughs> nope, Push. doesn't happen with the Milky Way. Um, I don't want to be friends with the person that's long, wasting yeah, these How long candy does your cards? candy last? <laughs> well, you're the one that's worried about, oh, I get an extra seven seconds of enjoyment if I get to crack it, if it has an activity <laughs> associated with it. It does. You know what, you know what the Milky Way has? It's delicious. That's what it has. <laughs> I don't know what it has in it. Milk? Ways? I don't know. All of it. Yeah. Nougat? Nougat, right? Caramel? I don't it's even all know nougat. what that is. I know what it doesn't have. It doesn't have a cookie. It's That's a right. Snickers yeah. minus, it's no a Snickers minus peanuts. That's true. And I need it's a cookie crunch. I got to go Reese's Cups for mm. mine. I love Reese's Cups. Also two pieces. So that's nice. Now, in case you're wondering, the trolley walk said correct answer is peanut M&Ms, by oh, the way. That's so I almost went with peanut M&Ms. See, the thing is, as, as you have children in life, you'll learn that the peanut M&Ms are excellent if you're sharing, but then you don't want to get the same candy that you always have to get when the kids are around. Mm, Life that's lesson. good. And you also uh, can murder some of their classmates, right? Like you bring some of the peanut M&Ms. True. Everyone's allergic to yeah. peanuts now, apparently. Oh, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Weeding out the weak. <laughs> We're gonna take that angle on peanut M and M's. Yeah, that's, exactly. the <laughs> that's what. That's the road we decided to wander yeah, down. It's All right. the murder angle. <laughs> we, we just turned it's a, the murder kids angle. Yeah, no, we just turned. So this I, I was gonna say it's actually that. a reference to a comedian, but now that reference may be even worse than making fun of the peanut kids. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think you're allowed to reference that. It's guy. a bold yeah, yeah. road yeah. to take, yeah. seldom used, but that's yeah. where we're off to. Buffalo theory. That's what it is, right there. So be sure to rate us on iTunes and leave your <laughs> super important question in the review, and we'll ask it on the show. We should time these better. It's a perfect time. Exactly. <laughs> hey, if you want to murder some kids, <laughs> be sure to rate us on iTunes. That's like a question. <laughs> don't don't murder children. We love children. And sorry for anyone with a peanut allergy that is offended by this podcast. Nine minutes in, we offended somebody. So I feel like we offended somebody real quick. For, Sooner than that. We the good thing the is they probably skipped this part anyways, right? It's true. Yeah. What we yeah. always say? They're exactly. Like they're like going – they're trying to get to any sort of Panther stock. They like skip ahead to where the <laughs> offensive line talk is. That's right. Our favorite topic Got to start every off the week. show. O-line. Talk about this Ryan Khalil injury. Now, he was a full participant in practice. Yeah, I think it's – I think he's fine. Okay. Uh, my, my issue with the Ryan Khalil thing is that it really kind of showed off like when he was down laying on the – laying on the field in the in the fourth quarter of the game on Sunday it's like oh crap like he and now he's out for the season like it, that was everybody's first thought was like well now it's Tyler Larson's time and this is how Ryan Khalil's career ends and that's a that's not a good way to be feeling about one of your offensive linemen especially one of the guys that's supposed to be the leader of the group and you know maybe one of the most talented guys out there for you to be thinking and and worrying that he's always going to be on the cusp of being injured. Well, and we thought about that heading into the season, right? Yeah. I mean, that this is no different than us. What we already thought with Ryan Khalil heading into the season is this guy could be gone at any snap in any game, and it all goes back to, what was it, in Buffalo? The guy woke up on the wrong side of his pillow, mm-hmm. and he was out for basically the rest of the season. And No, it was going to be fine. He's going to come back soon. He'll be your starting center again. And week goes by week and week after week, and you're just done with Ryan Khalil for a while. And so now here's a guy after all of the injuries the Carolina Panthers suffered. It was it was a bloodbath out there. Mm-hmm. Ryan Khalil was the one healthy one 
and it doesn't make you feel good, and it's what has made this so surprising, that the offensive line has been so good with getting guys like Chris Clark off the street, with getting Greg Van Roten in there, getting serious playing time and playing and doing a fantastic job, and Taylor Moten being a pro football-focused darling at right tackle. Yep. It's, it's amazing to see that a strength of this team, not, not just uh, they've done all right. No, they, they've been a strength. They've opened up holes for Christian McCaffrey. Well, maybe against the Giants it wasn't all that great, but they, they've done a good job in protecting Cam and – it's been amazing to see that after all the injuries, even Khalil being able to stay relatively healthy so yeah. far. You know, it's been amazing to see what they've been able to do. It was going to be a matchup that he was going to struggle with anyways. He's not the largest center to begin with. And Snacks Harrison. Is he got back of, there. Yeah. he that, that was a matchup that did not favor him anyways. And, and, and not – I mean, it, it's no shock that he, you know, got, got roughed up because he, this is exactly why his contract was a conversation – Mm-hmm. preseason because there was legitimate concern that he was not going to be able to make it 16 games. And, unfor- and, you know, whether we're there or not, maybe this is a bump in the road and it gets forgotten or this is the beginning of the, you know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that when a guy, go- a guy goes out and misses eight snaps and then is a full participant on Wednesday and comes back and plays the whole game, who cares? That's, yep. you know, nobody's going to think about this. But it's one of those things where you kind of are – it's always going to be in the back of your mind. You're always what, cringing. Exactly. You're always – every time – anytime he takes a second to get up, it's it's always it's always worrisome. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm a big Tyler Larson guy. I really like him. I think he's going to be a serviceable center and kind of the center of the future. But if this team has, you know, champagne wishes and Super Bowl dreams, it's going to take more – than, than Tyler Larson at center, I think. When it was always weird, anytime we would talk about the offensive line on the show, it was that we like what Tyler Larson has done as the starting center in place for Ryan Khalil, but for some reason the offensive line just didn't seem to perform well when Tyler Larson was thrust into that role. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't as good as it was with Ryan Khalil, despite Khalil obviously showing some age and not being the Khalil of old. It's like you know we, we like what Tyler Larson has given us, and yet there's just something off. And we, we've talked to – it seems like anybody we would have on kind of shared that same sentiment that, you know, Larson, pretty good job coming in, but as a whole, it's just the offensive line doesn't seem like it's performing up to its ceiling, and I think that goes to the continuity discussion that everybody has when discussing the offensive line with any kind of team. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you said you said center of the future, and obviously this isn't the t- Tyler Larson discussion time, but this, the, you know, Marty Herney is a guy that has valued premium, you know, like Ryan Khalil was a second-round pick. I think they would be – absolutely looking to 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 upgrade that position because just like you said it doesn't seem like this team performs as well it's not just about watching the film it's a you know for for him it's about being that captain and if if they don't think he can be that captain then i absolutely think they'll go out and find it because they valued it when they went and got ryan khalil well and and center of the future discussion remember this past draft frank ragnow had had caught so much he he just kept going up and up flying up draft boards and then the lions scooped him up before dj moore just wonder maybe you know if ragnow goes if he's available do you still pick dj moore they had from everything that i heard they had like four or five guys on their board and frank was on that was in that group and then uh, you know obviously he was gone so it's probably the Makes Vegas odds-on favorite, it seemed like, based on everybody's prediction, kind of, you know, intel-wise. Yeah. People, he was linked a lot. It's so know. interesting to me. He's like the quintessential, like, draft story that I think of from last year. Of He was, I mean, remember when people, at the beginning of the draft process, people said, well, Ragnar's going to be a reach in the second round at 55. You can't take our center at 55. And then it was like, well, maybe you do want to take him at 55. And, and then everybody got him. Yeah, and now, I mean, he's crushing it in Detroit. 
for is that where he's he's in Detroit, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Ooh, I, I like said it. You know how you like doubt <laughs> he's yourself. Doing good. I don't know what team he plays. Yeah, for, he's, doing he's doing really, well. really good in the NFL. <laughs> as an NFL player. I play with him on Madden. <laughs> yeah. And I traded him good. to the Panthers. Don't worry, you got it right, big dog. That's <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now, Walker, you mentioned Chris Clark. Let's talk about is the honeymoon period over when it comes to him? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think Chris Clark has come in here and and the, certainly the first two games he played, I think he did a good job. And now the discussion is, do you have Chris Clark be the starting left tackle when Matt Khalil comes back healthy? And I know the fan base, not the biggest Matt Khalil fan by the <laughs> in the slightest. I, I like Chris Clark. I like what he's done here. I, I don't think that the honeymoon phase is over, at least right now. I think the guy has done a, a good enough job, certainly in the first two games and in the Giants game. I thought the offensive line did a, a decent job pass protecting, maybe not opening up a ton of holes for Christian McCaffrey to run through. But I, I think I'm fine with Clark back there right now. I, I, it's not over for me. I'm still enjoying it. You know, w- what is the reason, and we've had this discussion, you know, on the, on the show before, about, you know, the, the – rush to get someone back in like if chris clark is checking the boxes i don't know we keep like well, and, and it's, i, and it's I an just injury. i shrugged and realized that that was not enough for the podcast <laughs> yeah, i was like a, ah. yeah this is an audible yeah medium right. um uh, technically we do have a video so oh we do oh nice it, hopefully time, it caught you yeah exactly <laughs> it's all worth it uh, kevin catches everything including stuff that you do not want him to catch so just watch your hands so we're going to be talking afterwards and editing some stuff <laughs> absolutely um yeah i i don't I don't know. I feel like this is now the third week in a row where we've said, well, is Matt Khalil like guaranteed this left tackle spot? And he probably is because I get it. He makes $55 million, but I don't think, yeah. And, and we've talked about that. I don't think that matters. And if you, again, if Chris, if the coaches feel like he's checking the boxes, why do you make a change when you're bringing someone back from injury? You no, know, it, I have no clue either. I don't get it. Like, Matt, I understand. Everybody is going to bring out the contract when they bring out Matt Khalil. And the other side of that argument, when people discuss it, is it, it seems like, yeah, but it's not Marty's guy, right? And I think there is – I think there's something to that. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly, it, it's not Marty's guy. So, it's not like Marty has to come out and say, well, it's not my guy. I don't care if he's not good. He just can say, well, he's been outperformed, which is still true. Nope. Leave Chris Clark out there, and if Matt Khalil is not the adequate left tackle out there for this team, and Chris Clark has been very good at that spot, I don't know why you have any hesitation to leave him out there. And another thing is, is you know, I, I wonder what the message is being sent to the team if you want to put Matt Khalil out there because the guy is making a ton of money, and Clark has come in and done a very good job. When you know this other team, they're not going to say anything out loud. They they wouldn't do that, but behind closed doors might be raising an eyebrow like, well, you know, obviously Matt Khalil is, is getting this time because he makes a, a boatload of money and Clark came in here and he earned it. This yeah. is what David Mayo is saying about TD right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Just because TD is making more money. <laughs> no, no. That's the only reason. <laughs> I don't know if David Mayo is saying that. Jermaine Carter might be. Um, but it's it, – it's, so – they didn't run the ball. So this this offensive line group, they didn't run the ball particularly well against the Giants, but they're still the number one rushing team in the NFL from a yardage perspective, and that's something that has to be said. And if this these kind of numbers and this kind of performance continues, I just don't I don't see a situation where you can be like just plug in the guy that didn't wasn't that good on the left side of the of the offensive line. Let, let's rush back the guy that wasn't great anyway. Yeah. Ha- if you put it, if you just want to talk about the product on the field, on the surface, how does that look? No, uh, well, hurry, it'll, be, we, it'll we, be much better when you ask Chris <laughs> Clark in three more weeks to come back in and fill in for the guy. You know, yeah, true. you know. 
if he gets nicked up again or something. <laughs> right. Like, hey, Chris, still right. love you. <laughs> right. Right. I, I, I don't get it. I, I'm the same with you guys. I think Chris Clark is, has done a good job here, and I would not take him out of the lineup even when Matt Khalil – granted, three weeks, right? So we have to speak this whole – we have to talk about this with that caveat surrounding us that there is still time for Clark to mess this up. You hope he doesn't, but there still is time. Oh, yeah. But right now, hard to go away from. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think, I think it's, it, it's his job right now, and we'll see what happens in Pittsburgh basically when they – when they have to start making these decisions. But doesn't it kind of feel like if they, if a week before he was due to come off IR, they were like, oh, Khalil, not quite ready to come back to practice. Yeah, they're not going to rush him back. Let's talk clock management issues. What the hell happened the last two minutes of the half? Uh well, they spiked it on fourth and one, which I think was Oh, poor, gosh. Poor Can I tell you, I about walked out of the house. Thank you. For, I have not been that close to just I don't I may have just had to leave. I don't know what I was on the on the road to doing <laughs> but I was not coming back <laughs> I didn't know well obviously we were in the press box so we didn't know that was what happened so so I heard about that you know three hours later I'm reading an or not even three an hour later I'm scrolling through Twitter and people are like what what I don't even understand I still to so this day people don't let, understand I, I I watched it and I'm like he spiked it he spiked he he just okay. I need to get up. I need my son is in the room. I need to I need to walk away because he just spiked it and it's fourth down and he just spiked it. He, he your quarterback just spiked the ball on fourth down and at the end of the game. Okay, it's okay. It's fine. And then they said, Oh no, no. Fox had the graphic wrong. Come come back. Come back. <laughs> Fine. My dad They're loves to yell six, to me. Come They're back. kicking a 63-yarder to win. It's going to be fine. And Relax. They, and, and they ran the ball inside to do it. No, it was that was a weird, weird drill to try to weird go down. Weird is the, is the kindest, kindest word. You, uh, you know, the DJ Moore pass is getting overlooked a little bit because, and deservedly so, with all the other shenanigans that happened afterwards. Ooh, but so, so they they <laughs> good place with all the stuff like, on the wall. Get in yeah. there. You like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so DJ Moore sets him up, and then uh, you know you have this, this this series of plays that it seems like it makes sense, but then the sense of urgency doesn't seem there, and then they decide to run the football up the middle, and then it looks really short, and then you're just questioning the whole time, and you're watching it in the press box. You have no clue what they're doing. It, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And then, oh, it's cool. We're, we're going to settle for this 63-yard field goal that's only the <laughs> longest field goal, game-winning field goal it's of fine. all time. And if you remember, we've seen this before. Remember, they played for the field goal against New England last yeah, year. it's fine. Uh, they had no sense of urgency to keep moving the ball down the field and try to be aggressive. Instead, they just relied on Graham Gano. And it worked. He it, bailed them out. It's not just that. I mean, they've done it all year this year. Yeah. They did Dallas. it in Dallas against the first half. Excuse, I'm, <laughs> I, just, I can, like, feel that coming. <laughs> Professional. Are you going to edit that? No. <laughs> Look at the time Leave stamp. It in. Yeah, time But stamp I like it. that you stopped the conversation time to stamp. get your point 5 in. 5.31 p.m. <laughs> Wrong time Is that stamp. not how the time Wrong stamp works? <laughs> we give two different time stamps. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. You had a take? We're going to let you go. I don't even know what my take is. Oh, they've been doing this all year. (laughs) So it's like, so the the What is this cool cucumber act? Thank you. The problem is not, the problem is not with, I don't really even have a problem with the play calls. They're weird. I get it. But the fact that they just don't seem to have any sort of sense of urgency down the stretch is maddening in 
the first half, in the second half, they're just walking up the line. They're, you know, like. This is on one person. This is on Cam. I'm sorry. You're, if you're a quarterback, you this is one of the times when you're the captain of the offense, and you're getting. And instead, he looks like he's like walking in off stage left at, at a community theater production <laughs> of the Tin Man. Like, what are you? What are you doing? I don't understand it. And we and I gave him a pass on, after the Dallas thing because it, because if they would have had a 10 second runoff, they could have actually gotten. Posed. And so he actually played it safe there, and, and I think you can make a case uh, that it was the right thing to do, even though he could have snapped the ball, thrown it out of the back of the end zone, and still had time for the field goal. But that was, you know, that felt like nitpicking more than anything. But this is awful. This is just inexcusable out of a veteran head coach and out of a veteran quarterback. And for him to not have any sense of urgency in these situations – it, it, I'll tell you who it reminds me of, and, and I'm going to go the other way, but it's going to go cross sport, which I love to do. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of LeBron James in the finals, and and I and I mean this not in not in a positive way, but when Kevin Durant was going off against the uh, against the Cavaliers in the NBA Finals, LeBron kept guarding Draymond Green. He kept guarding Draymond Green. It, he didn't step up. He didn't want to look desperate. He didn't want to look like he like he was needing to show any urgency. That he would rather look like you know the big dog in defeat than be trying to chase around Kevin Durant and getting getting worked. And that's what it feels like. That it's like this false, uh, you know, like uh, we've got this, guys. We've got this. Don't worry. <laughs> There's plenty of time. Like, no, there's not. And a sense of urgency will, will give you more plays, more chances to score. And I don't understand it because I feel like it's come out of nowhere. It reminds me, what you just described reminds me of Will Smith trying to get off of the plastic tubes in Men in Black 2 to <laughs> stop the launch to the whatever that planet is. And there's like five seconds, keep yeah. on ticking four, and he just decides to stop the launch conveniently at one for himself. That's exactly what Cam Newton was doing. And it's weird because – you mentioned Ron Rivera. They've been doing this the entire season. And also, you feel like you see it constantly just overall in the NFL where it just seems like I, I would be moving faster than that, I feel like, and I am not as athletic as anybody out there on the field. Yeah. And I feel like I would be hurrying up to the line a little bit quicker. And is there something I'm just not getting? But I don't feel like that. I feel like these guys just – it just seems to be a lack of sense of urgency, none, none whatsoever – and then it's, it turns out that, you know, they end up settling for a field goal or there's so much time that runs off the clock and you're screwed. I promise you, if Cam Newton shows a sense of urgency, the other players on the field will mimic his energy. I assure you, Cam, Cam does not need to be concerned. I don't care how big the guy is. I don't care if it's Chris Clark. I don't care. They're going to show that same sense of urgency if he does. Well, and what else was weird was after every big gain they had, it seemed like they had to call a timeout. They yep. weren't ready. Every single time that they had a play of you know over 15 or 20 yards, then they would maybe you know kind of walk up to the line again and there would be a timeout called. And there was two timeouts called in the second half. And yep. at the end of that, you only had one left. And I think it, I think it, it, it begs the question of, are they now? Is is Norv more in control in these situations than Shula was? Where Shula got in these these last two minutes and said, "Go get it, go get it, young fella." And, and you know they called plays, but I mean, really, like they yeah. they ran the no huddle. They showed a sense of urgency. They marched on people. That was that was one of the defining characteristics of the 2015 seasons. Was these scores late in the half when they would go no huddle, they would march on people. 
and all of a sudden a three-point game was a 10-point game. If they got the ball because they know they wanted to defer and get the ball in the second half, they scored there. It's a 13. It's a 17-point game. Start taking pictures with the, with the team. Yeah. But now, now we're doing this. We got this. We, I, I just don't understand it. No, it's true. They used to even last year. You say fifteen, but even last year they were they were the number one team in the NFL in the last three minutes of the first half, and then they were the number one team on the first drive of the second of the third quarter. So you could go into you could get the ball it's back. The Patriots. With two minutes the Patriots left. get talked about this every primetime yep. game. Sorry, yeah. but yes, they, yeah, no, this no, is no. what they do. It's fine. You if you got a cough, you get <laughs> get your point in there and you get it out. I understand. Uh, you you yeah exactly. You you go up. You're up by six. You get the ball back with 90 seconds left, and then you're up by 20. And that's how you put teams away. That's how you step on their throat. And the Panthers are just not doing that. And, yes, caveat, it's four weeks into the season. So, uh, you know, some of this stuff might get fixed and might come. But, but this this seems like a an obstacle they shouldn't be having for a veteran head coach and for a veteran quarterback. Like, this feels very much like early – oh, you know – Coach Rivera had some clunkers. You know, pre-Riverboat <laughs> pre was not great. And in, even Cam, Cam had, you know, some throw. I think Cam threw it away on fourth down one, you know, when he was a, a youngster one time. Like, th- those kind of things you go, well, chalk it up. But, but this is year eight. And I, you have a new owner if, that brought in Eric Reed, and you're going to choose this time to go, eh, this isn't when we're going to show a sense of urgency. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, maybe you didn't get the memo. I think you should probably have a sense of urgency. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. This team, this team has won 51 games over the last five years in the regular season. 39 times they've scored in the last two minutes of either the second half or, or, or the fourth quarter. Or, I mean, the, the, the second quarter or the fourth quarter. They have been tremendous at this. Uh, they are one of the best in the league at scoring at this time. And they've not been great at clock management and challenge management and some of these other things. But Cam Newton in the no huddle has been Really good. I mean, you know, we we saw the the nod. You know, was a giant. Was that huh? was from a Giants game? That that's who I want to see. Not not the cool cucumber. I want to see. I want to see the general. And that's who you saw in that. In, you know, in, the, in that meme. Well, they I'm trying to sound young. Yeah, <laughs> that GIF. Uh, they they the thing is is that they did a thing where uh, so when Rivera challenged in the first half, he challenged that Funches catch. I leaned over to some the guy next An to me excuse. in the press car press box and I said classic Rivera challenge right doesn't really gain you that much maybe they'll overturn it whatever and then it got to you know made the right call gets overturned same exact scenario for Ian Thomas at least that was third down that that's at least a reason to challenge it but then you're looking what seven minutes left in the third quarter and you're down to one timeout and it's a one score game and you this these kind of you're out of challenges yeah and you're out of challenges so these these kind of like errors that they make are are yeah inexcusable i mean 12 yards 12 yards they gained at least seven yards on every play in that opening march to the end zone they had a bye week to prepare for a not very good giants team you don't need, uh, look funch has caught it they should have gotten the call right on the field absolutely but because of the challenge system you cannot make that challenge Ooh, can we well, talk about how terrible the refs were too? They were uh, really, really bad. Well, uh, that's that's one of the bigger discussions nationwide is how awful the refs were, and there was a ton of calls that they missed. Yeah, you, remember this was this discussion was eight years ago when it was like, you know what, the NFL is a billion dollar business. They need full time officials. You know what was kind of nice is the fact that you had lawyers. They were like, 
look, I don't care. I'm going back to my real life. So you can run your your, your yap at me, wide receiver. I, you know, I'm a lawyer in, in Arizona. I'm a lawyer. I drive <laughs> yeah. a Dodge Strat. I can do 67 push-ups. That's right. But now, like, oh, these man. guys, I feel like th- their full-time gig is the NFL, and the NFL wants to see, you know, OBJ make plays. They want to see dr- – like, I, I, you know, it, it feels almost like we got exactly what we wanted because, again, this is a billion-dollar business. <laughs> they deserve to have full-time employees. And it's like, no – no, that's it, it. Actually, works against you, I think, in this sense. I don't know. The thing for me is that they just missed. They they had egregious mess ups on Sunday when the Russell Shepard, where they didn't call him down when Dante Jackson like patted him on the back. Like that's insane. That's it. We could see it from the freaking press box. They touched him. Okay, can about that scenario? Can okay. I can I go next level player with you? This oh, is this mama. is like when when here we go. The Should brainiac. I take off my headphones? No, just imagine. Like, the, let's say you're the smartest player on the field. Okay. All right. Ron Rivera's out of challenges. They don't rule you down. You fall down at the one yard line, so it does not trigger an automatic challenge. Your team has the ball at the one-yard line. The other team can't challenge, and you now have the ball first and goal at the one-yard line. Ooh, that's next-level playing right there. <laughs> I'm not saying – No, I'm saying I, that's really smart. Like okay. I, yeah, all right. I, I, all right. I feel like when, I was – When CMC does it – My sarcastic oh my tone really came out, but <laughs> – That's next level. But it's true. It's a scenario. You say it can't happen, and then you watch the Patriots do it in week 14. No one's ever – thought of this before oh they're so smart you know what's something that someone hasn't thought about and i'd be interested to get your take on it because you wrote about it already so i know what you think about it sean McVay is a clock management specialist in la that seems like the smartest thing in the world and why doesn't every coach have that especially the fact that in his first season he did recognize the fact that that was <laughs> yeah. the area he struggled with so he brought in a vet guy my question like i want to sign up for this job yeah Okay. I, uh, technically get off my corner, Nikki. Yeah, you can <laughs> get off my corner. Technically, he's senior offensive consultant, but yeah. a month ago, McVay said he's clock management specialist. Well, and you have a coach for everything on the sideline. I mean, there there are so many coaches doing whatever kind There's of. There's a guy thing to, to squeeze water into yeah. people's mouths. You, you can get <laughs> you can get a clock management guy. Uh, that seems smart. No, and, and Sean McVay has to be commended for it because, you know, the clock management issues that he had, that they showed up in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. And then so after the playoff game, you reassess, how in the hell do we get that to never happen again? I know, how about we hire a guy that specifically does that? That's, yeah. the, that's the only thing he does. And it seems like Ron Rivera, over the course of his tenure with Carolina, he could probably use one of those guys. And I, I agree. No, it's, it seems – Seems smart for every single team to do it, and here in Carolina, it seems like it's it might be a little bit more needed than other franchises. And, and there's it's, look, there's a lot of plates that you got to be you know got to keep spinning. I mean, you know, as a head coach, and this is one where, you know, you have different resources. You have downs, you have plays, you have seconds, you have timeouts, you have challenge, you have all these things that you need to be trying to keep track of. Not to mention you got guys getting injured, walking, all those things going on. It, it's not. I'm not saying that it's easy to do. I, but when my lone responsibility is to sit there and do it, you can do it and you can make a difference. I think Sean McVay, you know, I don't know if they were absolutely going to go for it on fourth and one in, in their win um, this past week, but they called the timeout or they walked out there with the punt team. 
Pete Carroll calls a timeout. They come back out with the offense. Boom, get the game or get the get the yard and win the game. Well, and, and just like that. And he says the players told him they wanted to go for it. So then there's that. You know, I'm going to trust the players to make this call. And then in return, they get it. Players trust him. And there's and there's that side of things. But again, just looking at the way Sean McVay has done things in L.A. I mean, it's it's amazing to see. You know, he goes and he gets Wade Phillips and you know watching a special on that team, right? Like you know, Sean McVay begged Wade Phillips to come be a part of that. There yeah. was no interview process for him to be the defensive coordinator. Sean begged him to and it's interesting when you look at Ron I, I would think we all consider Ron to be a good head coach right Absolutely. I mean yeah Ron Ron checks off all the boxes except for that one so you look at the even the when we talk about player development all the time what about coach development right look how many guys have gone on to be coveted by other franchises Steve Wilkes gets a job Eric Washington highly thought of Sean McDermott gets a job John Matsko one I mean a brilliant offensive line coach Ron Rivera hires the right people he gets the trust of all of his players all you hear is the good things in the locker room and for some reason we just can't get it right in the last two minutes of the games at least recently and even on these drives where it seems like they're you know having clock management issues and also specifically the challenge issues with Ron it just yeah. seems like it maybe that's the one box you don't check and everyone else it's full yeah no it's uh, it's something that needs to be again it's the same thing as the as the as if you are a team that wants to win the Super Bowl you can't make these kind of mistakes these these are fine against the Giants and Gano bailed them out if he misses that kick like People are calling for Ron's head on Monday. I can tell you for sure. Yeah. yeah. How different would this show be right now if Gano doesn't make that field goal? I wouldn't uh, be well, wearing this scarf. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here talking about Stay this. Would Stop you? On it. Do you think you'd have gone for a 63-yarder in that situation? We're just talking about how easy or how easy it is to do Ron Rivera's job. Do you think in that spot? Were you thinking 63-yarder? Are you heaving it with Cam? I, I, I'm heaving it with Cam. I mean, all day. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the majority, if they're being honest, would have kicked that 63-yarder, and Ron Rivera got that call right. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, Gano, we know about the powerful leg. You, you did hear the NFL film. They won't quit crew, talking about it. You know, the NFL, <laughs> the NFL film screw, they released that video of Chase yeah. Blackburn going over to talk to him, like, you know, we're, we're good from 65 today. And it probably, you know, it could have been good from longer than that. You know, it, it's, it's a lot to trust. Uh, and I like how Ron comes in and says – and well, well, Chase was really confident. You know, Chase, Chase came in and, and he said it very clear that they're going to be good from 65. All right, Chase, yeah. done. So <laughs> sign me up. I'm ready to kick the longest game-winning field goal ever. At least tie for it. Yeah. Sounds good because Chase Blackburn said it. I'm yeah. ready. And apparently they got to that 63 to wherever they were, the 45, wherever it was, and they were just like, okay, so we're good now. Now we need to pick up the first down so that we can take another shot downfield. Because we're already in field goal range, which seems crazy. But. It, it, it seems – I'll tell you this. You, you want to ask me coaching – putting in coaching examples, I, I'm not – I'm not settling or playing for the field goal, right? Like, it's, it's not even in that instance, on that given play. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting myself in that situation e anyway. And I'm not you know, trying to act like I'm this, you know, big dog head coach or anything. <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, you look at – it seems like a pretty easy decision. You know, yeah. not, not, let's, let's not play for the 63-yard field goal. And, again, it, it happened against New England. It's just you go back to the other game-winning field goal. You do it last year. I, I remember coming on the show the very next day – why in the hell are you playing for the field goal? Why are you attempting that? Why is that your game plan when you have other options to go be more aggressive and, and try to get, you know, if you want to kick for a field goal, then fine, but let's make it a little bit easier. Grant, what, that was an over 50 yarder. Uh, yeah, I think it was 51 against New England. It's it, yeah, no. And, and you're absolutely right. The, they went from having the ball with 30 seconds at the 45 yard line or 46 yard line to, they ran a run up the middle for 
no gain if you ask me, and then threw it out of bounds and then kicked the 63-yard field goal. Those are the three plays that they ran in 30 seconds. That is inexcusable, and I feel like I've said that three yeah. times now. <laughs> well, but they, it is. There's no excuse for that. They let, they let 30 seconds run off the clock, too, against against Dallas, as we mentioned. And yep. also, I think one of the worst is there is there one loss against Atlanta. When they get the ball with 2.30 to go and only waste a minute and give the ball to Aaron Rod- or whoa. Mm. Oh, did he is move? Is that his name? Did he so? move? Did he move? <laughs> <laughs> to Matty Nice and uh, in that offense, and they promptly marched down and then they scored early and you know on their second drive because he threw the interception um, on the heave in the first drive, but that and, and they they scored those two games or those two times and they flipped the game. We got a question earlier today about did that sixty three yard field goal was that the difference in the Carolina Panthers making the playoffs or not? And it's early, mm-hmm. it's Could early, be. but you have Philadelphia climbing back, trying to figure out how they can get back in the picture. Minnesota now. We, these are teams we already knew heading in, but now one of those teams might occupy the wild card spot, and all of a sudden Chicago might be the division leader and, and win that division when it's all said and done. It's I understand it's crazy to try to predict these things 12 weeks out, but it very well could be the case. And already the Panthers fighting for a wild card spot with the Saints, and at the time the Falcons were trying to get in there, but the Saints are doing well. You know, if, if the Panthers are fighting for a wild card spot and, and they get in and what is going to be a tough NFC, I still think down the stretch, are you looking at a 63-yard field goal win as possibly the determining factor of them getting in the postseason? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it, I think it makes those guys in that locker room believe. I don't think any of them are going, well, you know, that was well, just in a, a different probability. Way, in a different you know, way, like, it they gets go, them in the postseason. Right, I got right. No, be, I, no I because these guys buy in, and I think that happens. And I think sometimes teams know from, the, from day one, hey, we can, we can go. And sometimes I think teams have to find themselves. And this is a team with a lot of young pieces and a lot of young guys that we think over the course of the season probably will continue to improve. Um, that you have to have these moments that where guys go, whoa, maybe this season is special. Maybe this is maybe maybe we are maybe we maybe we are supposed to be doing this, and that sounds a whole lot like about 15 years ago. Yep, sounds like a good place to take a break because Colin needs another beer. Yes. Uh, when we get back, we take a look back at New York. Who played well? What went right? Right after this. What's up, guys? It's Dan. Hope you're enjoying this episode of One Day Contract. If you subscribe to and like this podcast, be sure to check us out over on the Keep Town Den podcast here on the Riot Network. Powered by Ortho Carolina. This week we're going through the positives and a eh, few negatives of the Giants game last Sunday. Looking forward to Washington, and for some reason I have to explain that I don't hate Cam Newton this week. Subscribe to the podcast so we can send the episodes right to your phone every week, and we'll see you out there, guys. Keep pounding. Welcome back to One Day Contract. On the One Day Contract this week, Walker Mail. Let's talk about this New York game. Who played well in this game? Mm. Graham Gano. Yes. <laughs> Special teams player of the week. <laughs> Graham did play very well. Um, I don't I don't really have a great answer for that. Um, it wasn't pretty. No, it really wasn't. I guess, oh, I have an answer. Um, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both played very well in their limited amounts of snaps. And congratulations to Colin Jones for his first touchdown. Absolutely. I mean, it's the special teams as a whole was fantastic. Yeah. But I, I think that when you look at, like, so Curtis, they said, uh, we, I, we asked Ron about why he wasn't getting, well, he only took 12 snaps. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not enough for your second-round pick last year that you want a big role. 
Ron said that he was getting winded, and you know it's his first game back in like right. almost a year. It takes him a while to get a little bit back into football shape. So that that kind of thing is more acceptable. But like, what do you see from for his role going forward? Yeah, I I want to see him uh, obviously get worked in this offense to where he has a pretty big impact on it. Uh, that that run was incredible. Uh, Curtis Samuel breaking every single tackle that could have possibly been landed on him. It was amazing, and especially. The one thing I think I was impressed with the most was uh, with Curtis Samuel heading into the season was it seemed like he had improved a skill set at wide receiver rather than just being the fast guy that you give it to him on gadget plays or give it to him on end of rounds, just get the ball in his hands quickly and let him do the rest. He was catching the ball downfield in preseason. Mm-hmm. He was going up in traffic. He was being somewhat physical for, for that small of a guy. He was being physical and going in traffic and catching the ball and catching balls downfield. And then you saw him be physical in the one time, the first time you saw him get the ball, at least coming back from injury. And I I think I think that kind of solidified, at least for the moment, you know, all the improvement that he made this preseason. it, It seems real with that with that touchdown in regular season where he's throwing guys. I mean, not throwing guys off of him, but certainly dodging every tackle and being physical, running through contact eventually diving in the end zone, I think Curtis Samuel can come in and be a really big part of this offense. And we discussed constantly when Ted Ginn was gone last season, you mm-hmm. know, how big of a factor that was with not having the the deep threat game, right? And and you know, possibly Curtis Samuel could do that. Torrey Smith was brought in to do that. DJ Moore is someone that could do that as well. Problem is is Torrey Smith just well, he's not producing. And so this is what's leading to all the discussion about when Curtis Samuel comes back, everybody wants to see him heavily involved, and that is the same for your first-rounder in DJ. I wonder if he's more Alvin Kamara in terms of he's a guy that you're trying to get these touches, and he's not if – he's, if he's got – for him to get open and do what he does, he's got to go hard. And mm-hmm. I'm, not that every receiver doesn't, but, you know, Greg – Greg Olson doesn't have to run as hard on every route to get open as Curtis Samuel does. That I think that he will be on a kind of a, a rotational guy for the foreseeable future. I just feel like he is – everybody is calling for, just like you said, they're calling for him for either Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore to be opposite Devin Funchess on, in the two wide receiver sets. And I don't think that is a – realistic lineup for the Carolina Panthers. These guys are slot receivers and when they play when the Panthers play f- three wide, which they do have done on 50% of the snaps thus far this season, that's when you're going to see DJ Moore, that's when you're going to see Curtis Samuel, that's when you're going to see and when it's third and fourth down, when it's third and four, you're likely to see Jarius Wright in that third w- wide receiver spot. They're not going to run Madden style five wides where you get Demir Bird and Curtis Samuel on the field at the same time very often. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just not going to happen. You, well, you don't. You don't think. Well, excuse me. Yeah, you don't. You don't think DJ Moore can be an outside guy. I think maybe at a certain point he can. I don't think. Yeah. I think right now they're asking a well, lot of him. I think maybe from a from a professional wide receiver standpoint, that's my thing. Is I, I think it takes a little bit of time for them to get used to all of this stuff. Oh yeah, no, certainly. I, I think maybe not now, but I think you know I, I certainly want to see him out there at some point and. It depends. This is one of those things where you know we, we can 
complain all we want about DJ Moore not being an outside guy right away, but at some point you have to trust, well, you know, there's got to be, maybe Ron knows more than we do (laughs) about DJ Moore. And so there has to be that side of things where you have to at least consider that. But I'll tell you, when the guy gets the ball in his hands, he runs angry. I mean, he's he's an angry receiver. He's physical. He is absolutely everything everybody talked about as far as being a running back when he catches the ball. And everybody, it seemed like the knock on him was – they were worried about him being a gadget player into the NFL draft analyst was being a gadget player, being somebody that is used kind of like what Curtis Samuel was used last season. And I think at the early going, you saw that, but now I think just the way that he's built, I think he can handle some of this outside physicality. I think he can handle it. Maybe not now, but certainly when you learn the nuances of the game and also just the, the short factor, people were saying maybe he's a little short, no, Odell Beckham Jr. is not very tall. Yeah, so was Steve Smith. And I think so that, was Steve Smith. Yeah. Right. And it's it's so I I don't know how much that has, you know, any kind of factor in him not being able to play the outside. Well, as the other thing about this too, though, is that if you want Moore and Samuel out there, Bird out there, where, where do you envision them getting the ball? It's deep downfield, right? Yep. Cam's got to let that go. I mean, if you're going to play them, because part of this is if you're going to put them out there, then Cam needs to be willing to throw it to them. And Cam has not uncorked it very much this season. And, in fact, we've heard North Turner encouraging him to do so more. Uh, no, no pun intended. But Isn't the, that awful, right? I mean, you cannot it, – it's impossible to talk. You can't say the word more. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. Re- it is frustrating. It's yeah. the worst thing ever. Like, you yeah. try to find different ways. There needs to be an increase for more. Yeah. And you try to find different things. Yeah. And it's just impossible. We've got I to just get that in, I walked into higher that. <laughs> <laughs> just how many different ways can we say it? But it, 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 the idea that if you're going to get Samuel and Bird and these guys involved, I mean, Cam's just not throwing it where you would think they would be catching the ball – if, if they were being effective. Yeah, I mean, it's been talked about over and over again. As far as, at least what I see in the circles that I look at on Twitter, that he hasn't completed one pass over 20 yards oh, in the nine, air. nine, right? Yeah. But, and that, that, just that number in itself, he's only attempted nine passes right. yeah. in four games over 20 yards in the air. And none of them are off the top of the screen. That's how I always describe the bombs is where they just, the Drew Brees style, the where he just ball. goes, boop, and it like goes, <laughs> Up and you're like, oh no, oh no! If you're playing against them and you're watching it on TV, when Drew Brees puts it off the top of the screen, mm-hmm. you know somebody's wide open down. You know, like Devery Henderson or one of those other dudes is over there. Yeah, and Cam Newton, he hasn't put it off the top of the screen in all year. I don't remember him doing it last year either. Well, and and just specifically talking about DJ Moore, you know, it, it's interesting because is is that the one route right, the the go route on the outside that is that you're trying to throw bombs to DJ or are there other routes you can be running in the middle of the field? Because even the 20-yarder that he caught to set up the, you know, start to get that going was, you know, it was middle of the field, but it's still a deep post. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, relying on maybe not the nuances of route running, trying to get the first down, doing an out route, doing anything like that. It's still, hey, just go yeah. and maybe just make this one cut and we'll throw it to you, right? I mean, have, have we seen any nuanced yeah. routes from DJ Moore? We just haven't. And I think that goes to more of your point you made at the beginning of, Getting the experience as an NFL player, specifically at that position, you know that's what's going to take the developing, and it is so crucial to being a good wide receiver in this league. And do do we think? Does anybody think that Ian Thomas is markedly better than DJ Moore at this point? I don't, but I think the fact that Cam has had a reliable tight end makes him more inclined, and you know, in that moment, to look to that spot. And so Ian Thomas is getting, you know, some looks that could go to Moore, but. 
his old reliable has been Ian or he's been Greg Olson. Yeah. You know who's making it a lot harder for DJ Moore is Calvin Ridley. It, it is. I was going to ask that question. At That's, what point? What's what? When is it fair? Is it fair now? Was it fair always to ask? Do you take Calvin Ridley in that situation? Because there are Panthers fans. You know, it, they they get defensive, right? About you know, well, just just give DJ Moore time, but. You know, I mean, how about I'll, I'll take the Calvin Ridley getting the six touchdowns in four games. That I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, is here's it, the thing: if the way as we talk about with Cam, if you're not throwing the ball over 20 yards, who are you going to take, Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore? I know it, it's mm. it's a it's an interesting question. And again, you, it, the the caveat it has to be spoken under right is that it's it's too soon. And and I get that. It's way we yeah we right. do all right. those caveats right. for in two <laughs> weeks we're going to be like DJ Moore is <laughs> right. a god. Right. Look, I'm still in on it, but it, it, it just what, what we're saying because again, people are talking about wanting these guys on the field, but Cam's not throwing the ball where they would catch the ball. So something has to you know something has to give here. And if he's gonna, if he want, if he's a guy that now thinks he wants to keep it under twenty yards and keep a, keep a lid on it, then Calvin Ridley would have been the better pick. I mean that that that's nothing against DJ. Moore. Calvin Ridley, I think, is just more more a part of their offense than DJ Moore is right now. And whether that's that could be a lot of the guys they have in front of him, it could be a lot of the way, the type of offense that North Turner and Ron Rivera want to run, and it could be the way that DJ Moore has been practicing and performed in training camp. DJ Moore has eight targets, and Calvin Ridley has 26. In f- right. Calvin so it's Ridley like, also has a Julio Jones on the field that's getting double teamed. Look at Nikki coming through with the points. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the Devin Funch of shade. But it's not neither here nor there. Uh, I will say, you, you mentioned the runs. The, 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 for more um, – <laughs> See, I knew, I knew. I we are children. Knew. Can't even say the words <laughs> the runs without Nikki like giggling into her hat. Hi, I'm twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I did mention that. No, you no, were saying the, you wanted to talk about the runs. <laughs> yeah. This. That's this why offense. it's actually. Let's let's pull back the curtain. That's why we took a break. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this offense legitimately has multiple guys that are fun to watch run the ball right now. I mean, between. Moore, Samuel, Cam, of course, and, and McCaffrey. They are legitimately entertaining to watch run the ball. And for, to be honest with you, I don't think that's been the case for a while. Yeah, no. And, I, and who's your polished route runner right now in Greg, that offense? Calvin Ridley. Greg Olson. No. It's Greg Olson. <laughs> yeah. Right? Chris McCaffrey. Olson, and Greg Olson's not there. Yeah. And McCaffrey counts as well. But you don't. I think the point of being you don't have a receiver being Jer- a polished route. Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright. Yeah. That's true. Jarius Wright is a polished route runner. So you're right about that. Jarius Wright goes in there immediately. You know who we've we've kept that's why we've he's been skipped Mr. over yeah. is, and fourth down too. Uh, is we skipped right over Torrey Smith. Like he got mentioned at the very beginning, and then the guy has not done anything. But he does a lot. I feel like he does all those things. That he doesn't doesn't need the receptions for to make an impact on the field. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, I've not gone back and watched, the, you know, to this game to see if he, you know, what he's doing. But I, you know, you mentioned it. I don't necessarily think they wanted, they want Torrey Smith to be the answer. But I think mm-hmm. when you have so many young guys, you want someone that you know can be the answer. Yeah. And I think he, that's where he is right now. And that's how he's being utilized. I think that a lot of people thought it, it was like the order of things that happened because the Panthers traded. Daryl Worley for 
Torrey Smith. Everybody thought that the Panthers were going to use Torrey Smith as their answer at wide receiver. The reality is that was never the plan. The the answer was in the draft was either going to be Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore. Ultimately, it became DJ Moore, or it was Curtis Samuel returning, or it was Demir Bird returning. Torrey Smith was not brought in as a savior of the wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. But that's the way because he was the first guy that came in because he maybe he probably has the highest salary amongst wide receivers. Everybody thinks of him that way. But that's not the case. They traded him. They traded for a veteran guy that brings a lot more in that locker room than he does on the field for a guy they were going to cut. So but, right. I mean, Philadelphia was going to let him go, and Carolina just decides to get him for Daryl Worley, who you know they were going to cut anyway. And re- yeah. they released eventually released him. And no, you're right. I mean, it, it's all about the effect that Torrey has in, in other ways and. You know, I get that, and and so Torrey Smith coming in and maybe being the threat down the field, and how does he impact the game in other ways? Maybe just not catching the football. And then certainly, you know, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, and, and so that that's not never have never bad to have one of those guys in the locker room. I, I don't find myself wanting him necessarily to get the ball. Like, I mean, I, I hope he gets open. Like, I hope he's there when you know Cam looks his way. But I'm not like. Oh. Come on, guys. Get it to T Smith. To, yeah, get it to eleven. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, uh, this was the first game that they won with uh, Cam throwing two interceptions since 2015. Wow, so. that's a good stat. Thank you. Great stat. Stat of the day. There you go. We're gonna S- break that. That's out why people should stick around. Break that out. S O T D. That's why people came back from the break. The interesting. He's only. This is only his fifth game. He's actually had two interceptions and they've won in his career. He did it in 2013 twice and 2015 twice in back-to-back weeks. Wow. Really there you go. statting it up. There you go, Statting Nikki. it up. All the stats. Well, I'm well, trying to help Nikki get the boys at the bar later tonight. That's right. <laughs> that's how it happens. Getting all the phone numbers <laughs> today <laughs> yeah. because of that. Drop those I'll bet you will give me your phone number if I could come up with this obscure stat. <laughs> I'll wear my glasses I feel like I'm being when I do that. I feel like I'm being mocked right now. Not at all. Who, has, okay. who on the team all. has more touchdowns than Torrey Smith? Anybody? 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 I feel like this is some weird trick question. It's Cam Newton. Anybody else? Not a trick question. Nope. Nope. That's it. That was my. Yeah. That's that my. Was stat your, that's of your the day. stat of the day. Yeah, eh, it was just okay. <laughs> come up with something quick. Yeah, come up. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just pull up PFR on your on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Switch next topic while I look. Yep. How, uh, well, good. Go oh, ahead. No, you go ahead. Just, you nope, got a. Nope, you got nope, a thought. No, nope. I was just going to ask. Uh, how how surprised were you? Because did anybody even notice that Gettleman was the the visiting GM this week. I know they mentioned his, you know, comeback from cancer, but I, it was not at all a story. No, I mean, what anybody talk about Mike I, Shula? Like, I mean, is it that much of a story? Like, they're gone. They're, I feel like they're gone. gone the other way. Everyone's going to talk about Josh Norman for a day this week, and then yeah. that's going to be it. You're going to read five articles about how Dante Jackson might be the next Josh Norman, but I would encourage you to read the one that comes out on theriotreport.com because it'll be the best one. But Objectively, it will be. Yeah, well, certainly for me. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I I think I saw. You know, it wasn't mentioned much, but you're right. Like, it, what was Gettleman's tenure here with Carolina? And you know that those kinds of things are brought up just because the guy's coming back here to watch the game and, and what she used to be the GM. But again, yeah, yeah, it, it really wasn't that big of a storyline once the game gets played. And as often these things do, kind of go to the wayside once the game gets played. Let's talk Greg Olson real quick. Limited in practice, the bionic foot, Colin. 
You have lots of thoughts. Well, I've, I've already said <laughs> that I think it's very difficult to rehab a foot injury as a father just because you're getting stepped on constantly. You're getting up from awkward places. Uh, I, but now this team is 3-1. and one. <laughs> Can we just go back to that last sure, phrasing? Absolutely. You're getting up from awkward places? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, you know, you, you're – if you have a small child, one of the things they're going to want to do is play hide and seek. And if you if you, if you listen, I'm not losing to a, to a two year old. So you have a best listen. Do you have a best hiding spot for us? Well, I mean, every house is different. You know, you sure. got to know. Super important question yeah. for next yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> Look, write it down. Timestamp it. No, but six oh nine. This team is three and one. <laughs> like I, I feel like right now, this team is one of the playoff teams in the NFC. Why are we? Why rush back? Is there a reason to rush this back? I I want Greg Olson on the football field. I want Greg Olson on the football field in January. I, I, am I? Am I? I feel like I'm risking January by bringing him back quicker. Is that, I mean, it, is that? Am I wrong here? Am I? Am I missing something about the human body that I don't understand? Remember before week one when I said, "Why is Daryl Williams coming back in week one? Couldn't he come back in week three and not okay. completely re tear his knee, which we knew was going to happen, and mm-hmm. then it immediately happened." Sure, but uh, in that situation, that's a young man heading into free agency trying to get his first payday. Like I mean, like there's a there's a reason for Daryl. There's a financial incentive for Daryl Williams to come back quickly in that spot. I, Greg Olson got his contract extension that he was asking for. I just don't know why the urgency to get him back quickly. This team, I know that I know special teams defense. They scored 36 points. The the I still feel like this offense is heading in a positive direction as a whole. I do think Cam had a bad day. At the office, I also think he had two interceptions thrown to a rookie yep. that he wouldn't have had if Greg Olson was out there. So, I understand it, why we're talking about it, but I just feel like it, if, I only, if I'm only going to get him for six weeks, give him to me at the end of the year. Who's telling him no? So, who's, who's making the decision for him to come back, and who is telling him you should wait for two more weeks? Anybody? Because I think the answer to number one is Greg Olson's making the decision, and I think the Question number two is nobody. Okay, okay well, then then this is a situation where I feel like you have to step in and help the athlete. I mean, legitimately. Like, I, I mean, I want I want you out there. We need you out there. But the, we've seen this in New England. I, I'm sorry to keep bringing them up. But we've seen this in New England with Gronkowski where he's not – you know, they'll, they'll sit him for meaningless games. They'll play him when they need to. They, 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 you know, they want to try and preserve him for the end of the postseason. I just don't know what the urgency here is to come back from it now a recurring injury yeah his his value while you know still greg olson is still valuable to any kind of offense that he plays on because of he's one of the better tight ends but uh, he, he's not as valuable i don't think as he used to be certainly to an offense that is doing it it seems like it's doing pretty well and it seems like it could do even better than that i know norv just said they were scratching the surface here and it, it right like i i don't i don't understand the reason to kind of rush Greg Olson back. The, the, the other thing is, you know, maybe you know, not that Greg Olson is healthy, but if this is the only way, like, if he's as good as he's going to get and, and you keep on waiting, then, you know, yeah, I, I think that would be the smarter decision. You know, wait till maybe you're, it, it's 
further on in a playoff race when you absolutely need to come up with games. And let's say you hold off and you win a couple games that maybe you weren't expecting to or, or you do better than expected, and then all of a sudden you, know, you bring them back and it, it's not as it's not as valuable or it's not as you – know, I don't know. It's not as important, I guess, is the word. It's not as important to have them, and you've already got a couple games oh, under your belt. I mean, do, is anybody here picking the Redskins looking forward? I mean, I know we don't do that on the show, but, I mean, with or without Greg Olson, are you, are you dramatically swung? He's going to catch three or four passes a game for this team. I want those three or four passes to be when you need them, not when you want them. And I, it just it feels like this is foolish. It feels foolish to me. And, and I can't tell, you know, I can't, I'm going to try and tell another grown man what to do, but I, I just want him, I just want him in the postseason. And I don't, I mean, I don't feel confident that he'll, he'll make it if he comes back quickly from a foot injury that, that again is a recurring injury. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're, does anybody think that he's going to come back in week six and play the last 12 games of the season? He's going to finish out and have. The next he's got the next twelve. Look, if he if he does that, if he does that, absolutely, I'll, whatever charity event he wants me to do, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll bus <laughs> tables or whatever. Like <laughs> legit, like I'm not trying to question the man. I'm just trying to question whether or not you should come back now and rush it, or if it, if, if we think we're on borrowed time, like it feels like we're on borrowed time with not just him but a couple guys on this roster as we're trying to make this this final push for some of these guys. Make it come back, come back with the full beard. Well, that's and, what I want. <laughs> I think that's what we all want. How many K's do you think you could run if he wanted? If he was like Colin, I'll sit out this week if you run eight K, an eight K for the and, hardest and, yard. And it, yeah, D- done. Really done. I'll wow. do it. Well, good for I'll you. Do I'll do okay. it and drink beer while doing it. <laughs> I'm not. There, there's not a time limit, right? Like I, just, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I can dawdle. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I can dawdle for eight. K. I oh, will certainly. drive in a car no. next to you and cheer for you. <laughs> I won't run. Will you have my cooler? Well, and I think just real quickly, the thing on and Greg Olson is it, you mentioned is the time near for Greg. Is he on borrowed time? And you know, it, it's somebody that you never had this problem with. Played every single game for the Panthers. He gets hurt last season, and you're worried. Okay, at least that that's just one. Maybe it's not here yet. It's just one. People are allowed yeah. to have one injury all the time, and now it's it's two very quickly. And now you're trying to rush him back, and you're hoping it doesn't happen again. This is a guy that played the Panthers and played the media game to say that he was, you know, possibly looking at going into the booth and to get to get a contract extension. He's thinking about the next phase. I mean, however long this is, he is actively thinking about what's next for him and that's his right to do. I I just I just want to see him. I just want to see him in the playoffs. That's what I want to see. I I don't think anybody's I don't think anybody's arguing with you. Yeah, I know. I would never argue with you. <laughs> I would never argue with you either, Nikki. Aww. Because we're both always right. Yay. This is, what a nice high five that Duh. was. Nobody saw. <laughs> <laughs> Made a sound on like your shrug, big dog. <laughs> yeah. Big dog with your scarf Keep on. Keep calling me big dog. <laughs> big dog. All right, big dog. So Washington coming off a short week, the ugliest Monday night football game. Did I they won- even have a chance in that game? Oh, Breeze is so going to break the Breeze is going to break the record. Like is there any like who was betting on the Redskins in that game? You could have you could have given me any number, and I would have bet on the Saints. It was so bad that I had them change the TV to the Yankees Red Sox game, which was what a fifteen run game or something at that point. That's how bad it was. Yeah, well, Awful. you know, people were like, "Well, you know, 
imagine if after the celebration, and like, have you never heard of the Superdome? Do you understand what happens? Like the party breaks out and it gets worse. Like, yeah. you, like that. I don't know. You know whether it's like yeah. This uh, the Drew Brees is going to break the passing record at home, and then they're going to come back from thirteen down. Is, is there Brees- your game? Just call the game at that. Call it the skunk rule and get them off the field. For, forgive me. For this, because I know he's a, a division rival, but I mean, he's he's one of the best we're ever going to see come through Bank of America Stadium, and, and and it's really been a pleasure to compete against him. I mean, you, we talk, we've talked a lot about the last two minutes. I mean, you think about that game in the driving rain here at Bank of America Stadium, Dominic Hickson sliding, you know, touchdown. That only happens because Drew Brees was Drew Brees moments mm-hmm. before. I mean, this is a guy that he is the NFC South quarterback the the defining NFC South quarterback and a lot of times he gets lumped in with with Matt Ryan with Cam with Jameis you know as as you know a, a very talented quarterback like no he is he he's a cut above he is he has long been a cut above and and I think better than Jameis uh, yeah. it's close <laughs> Well, and, and stick around for the second half of the podcast with Josh and Colin break down the Drew Brees versus Jameis Winston discussion. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, listening. But this guy, he's been phenomenal. And, and is it just because he plays indoors that he doesn't get? Is it, is it, is it indoors? Is it because it's well, in the South? Like, what is the reason that he I, doesn't get his due? He's I, got a ring. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think, and that's this has been the number one discussion, right? I think you look at. He's never been the best quarterback in the NFL during his time. Like you'll 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 have people always argue Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady because like people like to say Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football, Tom Brady the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. People also have their their argument for Peyton Manning. No one has an argument for Drew Brees. Like no one says Drew Brees is the best. No mm-hmm. one says that he's better than than those guys certainly when they're playing, but Drew is always that other guy. You know, Drew Brees really underrated. He's not those guys, but he he's really underrated and he gets he gets mixed up in the other quarterbacks with the NFC South, I guess just because of convenience of linking them within the division. But I think the most of the love is lost because he was never the best quarterback in the NFL because you're in a time where you do have Peyton Manning just an all-timer. He, he broke Peyton Manning's record just the other night. You know, Tom Brady has the rings. Aaron Rodgers' gifts are amazing. And I think that's probably why, because he's never the best, right? But it's always somebody that's considered you know, probably fourth or third or, 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 you know, anywhere close, but never number one by anybody. I, I don't think he gets the – he doesn't get the credit that Rodgers gets for being a throw, a throw, a throw maker. Like, he, he can just – he just invents some throws. It feels like. I mean, he'll throw. That's why they call know, him the, the throw maker. That's <laughs> it's gonna stick. The Purdue no. throw maker. <laughs> <laughs> but but Rogers gets it for you know like the like he they act like Aaron Rodgers invented the the, the back shoulder fade you know back shoulder fade. Never mind the fact that Jake Delhomme and Steve Smith were doing it before he got in the league. But you know yeah, yeah it's cool. It's, he plays in Green Bay. Um, the, but Breeze Breeze has a way of getting guys open and throwing the ball that I don't feel like it, it doesn't. You you said it. The ball goes off the screen. It does something like Rogers. A lot of times, you know, Cam fires it, but Breeze will loft it. Breeze and it goes off your screen. And you don't see it, and I don't think unless you're in the stadium that you understand like the. I don't want to say artistry and you know be cheesy, but the artistry of Drew Brees throwing the football. Well, and who was the best receiver he had until Michael Thomas came? Marcus Colson was right. a seventh round. Marcus Colson is his number one receiver he's yeah. ever had until Michael Thomas. How came did around. he do outside of New Orleans, Marcus Colson? I don't even know he played it with anybody else, did he? No, 
Like right. I mean, yep. but but would it? But if he yep. was going to go somewhere else, could you imagine him being good? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Drew Brees made him a good receiver. And I don't think that's been a particularly well organized or you know well run organization. I mean, <laughs> you mean, you know, the, like you mean the one that had their head coach suspended <laughs> for an entire year? That, no, but but independent. I mean, from a draft standpoint, like you know they've you know they, there's a lot of things that they've whiffed on <laughs> yeah. that he's covered. No, Sorry, but like, they've been really bad in the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But he's covered for that. But he doesn't get credit for covering for that because look, this season as we're talking about this Panther team three and one clock management, all this stuff, it comes down to week 15 and week 17. That's when the, that's when these two teams are going to face off twice in three weeks, and Drew Brees is the dragon at the end of the road. Well, and even in the last play in the playoff game last year, everybody seemed to be more afraid of Kamara and Ingram, and sure enough, it was Drew Brees who torched them. Yeah, yeah. shocker, yeah. shocker. <laughs> so key to Sunday. Good, good, what? good Redskins preview. <laughs> good Redskins preview. Now no, that Drew we Brees talked about, <laughs> now that we talked about Y'all Drew Brees for, for ten minutes. Yeah. Key to Sunday. What? I think it's the same as it was this past Sunday. Don't make mistakes and you're not going to lose. They made mistakes and they mm-hmm. almost freaking lost. Like that's that's basically what happened. They Cam Newton threw two interceptions. The Giants scored a touchdown off the interception. They gave up a ridiculous freak trick play. Like these kind of things, these are the reasons why you lose. They, the Panthers were up 17-3. Like I was already writing my story about how they had blown out the Giants. Right. And then all of a sudden, here come the Giants again because they let them back in the game. Just just play your game. Don't turn the ball over. And you're probably going to outlast Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson, and the Washington Redskins. Okay, I wasn't going to go back, but he brought it back up. And I just can't help myself, so I'm going to go back one more time. Ogden, I get it. You d- like no, your breeze. No. <laughs> you have how, the run. How, 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 in the last three minutes of an NFL football game that is a one-score game is a guy that plays defensive end who just made his debut last week covering Saquon Barkley in pass coverage. I don't have a great answer for that one. Okay, sorry about that. I just – that was – sorry. That just – They ha- calls what the calls. Yeah. Woo! But it's not like they didn't. They don't have anybody. They don't have any sort of like, like a like a genetic like a, freak or something. No, they well they don't have any genetic freaks, and they don't have any sort of like linebacker that also plays like a like a nickel position, like a lar- like a large dime, like that kind of thing that they've been emphasizing as great in pass coverage for the past I three mean, years. We we. The, the buffoons that do this podcast, not you, Walker, the rest of us. No, I, I, the, yeah, I consider we, myself a buffoon. We, we said, <laughs> look, have. look, who's going to hurt you in this game? Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is going to be the guy that hurts you. And, you, and, and then somehow, yeah. somehow in the final three minutes of a game where you want to be the world champions, you want to be the best on the planet doing this thing, you say, second game guy. Get over here now. <laughs> Second got game guy. For you. <laughs> What's your name again? Get over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, no. It's second I, game, second pick. Guess who won? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and looking at again, and looking at Washington, you know, you mentioned just not making mistakes. You know, the, the the one thing you have now is Alex Smith, who doesn't throw interceptions, and the privilege you had of going against Eli Manning was that the guy throws interceptions. Oh, and he did. So, so now mm-hmm. it is even more important, which it, it's true in every single game. Don't make turnovers, and you're going to come out. It's the same answer any coach has given us every time we've asked him a question. What's the key to the game? But here, Alex Smith is not going to be throwing bunnies to these guys. Right. Bottom line, we're the better team. Play like it. (laughs) Right. And the same thing is, you know, Eli's not going to hurt you down the field. The only place he can hurt you is close, and who's the guys he's going to hurt you with? And yet 
you make that decision. That's just a, that's a rotten decision. What was really interesting in there, and and the Redskins do this a lot, is they run a ton of RPOs just like the Giants did. And uh, the one of the reasons why everybody said that their the Panthers' pass rush was so bad is you didn't see the sacks, you didn't see the quarterback hits. That ball was coming out of P- Eli's hands immediately within two seconds mm-hmm. on like. 30 they ran like 48 passes I think on 33 of them he had that ball out within two seconds so you're not going to get to him so the, you have to adjust to that and the answer is not well just tackle the guy seven yards downfield because if you give up seven yard Alex Smith will take seven all day he would love to love to and y- there has to be another answer besides that and it's I don't know what it is I'm not a professional defensive coordinator but somebody needs to come up with the answer Game time. Yay! Who's ready? In this week's game, report card. I'm going to throw out someone, something, give a report card grade. We're going to start with Jason Witten on Monday Night Football. Ooh. Oh, that's who that was. Mm. I sat there the entire game going, who is John Gruden guy? sounds different. Right? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> sounds way different. Uh, uh, go ahead, Josh. I, I would say um, – He's a rookie, so you got to give him a little bit of a pass. But he has not oh, been good, and I so think it's going to be like, a, yeah, it's got to be like a C minus. But he hung out with Tony Romo, so it makes sense that he was going to be Tony <laughs> Romo. Tony Romo's so great, though. They're not doing him any favors, though, because I feel like they're always like, Jason, what are you seeing on the uh, on the hitch route there? And he's like, Buh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you have to know your your strengths and your weaknesses. <laughs> Nobody's like, hey, Nikki, what number does Luke Keekley wear? Shut and up. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be Shut messed up. up for you to ask that kind of thing of your nobody co-host. asked Josh. Hey, Josh, what kind of scarf should I wear? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because that's actually a good question. I am wearing a scarf. <laughs> See, I, you messed it up. It's funny because I hated Tony Romo so much as a football player, and I absolutely love him as an analyst. I don't That's think anybody great. else sees the field like him. I love Jason Witten as a football player, and now I hate him because of Monday Night Football. Do you think that his deafness is really hurting him? <laughs> <laughs> he's deaf, right? He's a deaf tight end? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's deaf. No. no. <laughs> they, based, they based the character in the replacement. Uh, I was about to say, I'm thinking Jason. of that guy in the yeah, replacement. Yeah, off of Jason Witten. Yeah, Tony Romo I'm pretty always sure that's sign language to Jason Witten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll run that's this route. That's why, that's why at the beginning of the movie it says, based on a true story. Now, exactly, thank it, you. It, it was Jason Witten as the tight end. Uh, now, I, I, would, I would go a similar grade in my head. I, it was D-plus for me. Like, he's not, he's not failing. Right, I mean, you would have uh, to be an all-time word. Are you giving him <laughs> like, I, if, if that's, I hear you. I, I can't say that he's failing, but man, yeah. he's he's not very good. And you know what's funny, and it's not doing him any favors, is having Booger McFarland down on the field, who yeah. is good. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I like true. listening to Booger McFarland, and they do a good job of having him a part of the booth. It seems like, even though he's not literally in the booth, they keep going to him, and he does a good job. He gives you personality. He gives you good insight. And Jason Witten is just full of cliches that give you nothing that none of us, I feel like, would get, wouldn't give you out there anyway. Well, and, and I think that what you just hit on is he's used to player speak, and he's up there yeah. giving player speak to the media rather than explaining as if he was telling to his, his rookie tight end. Well, it's like Luke Keekley would not be good in the booth. Luke Keekley's great guy, right. very smart, extremely right. cerebral, but he does that. He has too much play. He's too ingrained in that player talk of like, well, we got to do a great job out there. And, oh, I mean, Saquon yeah. Barkley is a stud. Like, tomorrow you will hear the word stud out of uh, Luke Keekley's mouth discussing uh, Jordan Reed and Adrian Peterson 
And who else? Probably like Paul Richard. He'll give like some. He Can always over describes somebody uh, as like a stud. He's like Alex Smith is a that's stud. That's a fun game. Who's going to be the random stud from Luke Keekley? Yeah, <laughs> every single week. Luke Keekley, stud, stud of the week. Fun. Stud, stud of the week. week. Mm, I like it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, stud of the Sounds week from like Luke Keekley. Like a Keighley. new segment. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I like stud it. of the week. I like uh, it. What are you giving him a letter grade? Uh, I would, I would give him a C. I think he. What? I think you said <laughs> see if, it well, seemed no. like a controversial I, take to fail him. No, no. Are you giving him an F for no, sure? No, because because I think he, he it's not really fair. Like you, you, no one should have to do this. Walk, Walker, Walker, Walker. <laughs> <laughs> no Fine, one should gets have an to a. debut. No, no one should have to debut on Monday Night Football. Like it's just it. He's okay. he's not he's not. Probably yeah, ready. did Tony Romo set an impossible like, standard? Like, is that what we're going that's, with? Well, yeah, that's the that problem is it. you end up like no, just we're because just, we're just Tony Romo is great doesn't mean that the guy that was on the same team of his, as him has to also be he, good. He's given us one good line, and it was in the Seahawks game he called, and it was Sebastian Janikowski rolling out there for a field goal, and he said, yeah, Sebastian Janikowski batting about 300 in the fork and knife league. <laughs> It's the best that's, thing he's given us. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's the only thing he's given us, and it's the best one. I'll remember it, but it's because I wish he was giving me more, so I couldn't remember that one. Yeah. But if that's the one, then all right. That, you know that's who doesn't like Booger McFarland on the sidelines? Old media types on Twitter are very like, yeah. why not just put him in the booth? Surprise. <laughs> bah, I hate him <laughs> on the sidelines. You used to put Back Paul in McGuire in like a cherry picker at the end of it. Uh, Walker wins for that first question, by the way, because oh. I would have said D+. Oh, now there's all right. Wow. There is. Hey, here we go. That's right, where the, where the points Real are Drew all over situation. the place and don't matter. Cam Newton through five weeks. Colin? Oh. Um, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I think he's been, I think he's been exactly what they need. Um, but I, this – the the game management, the clock management, that type, they need that. So they are not good enough to not have that stuff. I really need to see that from them. I feel like from that, from a captainship standpoint, I would actually give them a C minus for that particular aspect, which is the everything else would be higher than that. Yeah. Uh, overall, to me, I'm giving him a B. It's high. I understand that. Cam Newton was playing the best football he's been playing in a long time, maybe up until that New York Giants game. That, mm -hmm. That's the one where you would say he wasn't. And even I'm, – I'm including yeah. 2015 at least at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. you know, Cam Newton won that MVP in the last eight weeks of that season. Oh, yeah. Right. The start of that, it, he wasn't amazing. Cam Newton, to me, has been taking the check down. Uh, we had talked about that countless times heading into a regular season. North Turner has been calling for it. We want the vertical passing game. I get that we kind of criticize that for not being a part of it. I understand. But you're seeing Cam dump it off to Chris McCaffrey when need be. You have seen some pretty good throws. There, there have been errant passes here and there. I, I understand that. And I even think the running game, like the running game, it's, it's, it's crazy that it just hasn't, it hasn't slowed up yet. The guy takes a beating, and yeah. the guy is falling forward in the couple of the runs that he had against the Giants. We all remember the block that he laid on poor old Kareem Martin. <laughs> I mean, that guy is Tar a physical <laughs> – is that one you want to mention that? Or are you a Tar Heel fan? Just got to get out there. <laughs> is, that, is that one? I don't think that's one you want to mention it. Uh, but, no, he, he destroys <laughs> Kareem Martin, and he destroys anybody. He's constantly falling forward. There's a first down run he had on the, on the far sideline from the press box. Where oh, he falls it's, forward. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And so you have to evaluate that if you're going to consider everything involved with Cam as a quarterback. I get you on the sense of urgency. Drives us all crazy. We just had a 30-minute conversation, it seemed like, about mm -hmm. it. it. It needs to be noted. But the guy's been playing the best football of his career, or maybe not career, but certainly in, in that kind of window. Right. I, I, I'm going with the B. I've been pleased with what he's given us. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give Josh, a B as well. I mean, the, the thing is, is that he has done 
everything that you've expected of Cam Newton and more. He's always going to give you, and that's going to be a thing that he will always be able to do, hopefully, is on third and seven, he is the biggest threat on the field to pick up that first down. Every time there's a third and medium, my immediate thought is Cam is going to run for this first down. When he takes off, it's like, well, he's got it. There's, there is no thought, no matter how many linebackers or safeties are running towards him, he, he's got it. It's fine. It's no big deal. Third and one, he's got it. Fourth and one, he's got it. So it's it's that kind of thing, and there's no difference from the past couple of years. But, yes, he has been taking the checkdowns. I mean, he's, he's been more accurate than he, than he has been in his entire career this year. And, yeah, he, he didn't have a great game against the Giants, but that's going to happen. I, I really hate to, to say this because even this year I, I, I've heard it that people are like, wow, you don't expect this from Cam Newton. He's not a guy that you think of or being able to throw the check down. Th- this, this reputation that he has earned is completely based on his running backs that he has had. I mean, th- Fozzie Whitaker has kept a job legitimately because, no, you're right. because he's able to catch a pass out of the backfield. For, for years he's kept this job because – the other two couldn't, mm-hmm. not consistently. Like you think about how bad it looked when Cam would throw to D'Angelo, and even at times when he would throw to Jay Stu. How many how many bad balls has he thrown to CMC? Well, I mean, it, it, it it's not even like a you're not like oh gosh like when he would like get ready to throw to D'Angelo, you would legitimately get concerned. But that had to do way more with D'Angelo, and his completion percentage is going to be the highest it's ever been this season. I, I firmly believe that mm-hmm. he is certainly capable of throwing these passes, and I think. It's going to be as he extends out that that's when we're really going to see, and that's one reason. I'm sorry, you you're three and one. That's great, but I mean, oh of nine over twenty yards. You've got some weapons. This offense is not yet humming. This is not B level offense that we have seen out of out of this team. And I know that that doesn't fall all on Cam, but this is not. I have not. I don't feel like I've seen B Cam. Sixteen points against Dallas in Week One isn't B Cam, well, and I'm not trying to quibble over the grade. No, but I, gotcha. I just think that that where he is and where I think he can be and where I think this offense can be is, is further away than B to A-plus. Well, and, 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 I, and I got you on that. I think, you know, another thing is, man, it was ridiculous how many passes were being dropped in Atlanta and, and, mm. and even in Dallas. It, you know, it's crazy because you think this guy has 65% completion percentage now, and that's after the Giants game. Mm-hmm. And so you can go back to – I mean, there was like, what, six or seven we had in Atlanta? Yep. And including a touchdown pass with Ian Thomas, mm-hmm. which, again, you, know, you, you count the touchdown, tie ball game. You know, it, it's crazy to think of all the drop passes there, and people were complaining about it after Dallas. And you mentioned the check down. You're right. They have not – Fozzie Whitaker as the best catch, pass-catching running back they've had. You know, it's, it's absolutely true, and it's ridiculous at the same time, even though I, I love Fozzie. But I I'm do anti Fozzie. No, just, yeah, well, yeah, we're spreading that rumor. Anti Fozzie. I don't know why you my have anti Fozzie agenda <laughs> is going to get. You really need to stop running rampant with that. Uh, I think I, I think that he did miss McCaffrey a lot last season. Like I just think there were some times where he was inaccurate throwing to him out to him out of the backfield, and I think something that was a good argument in defense of Cam for that was especially in the early going, I felt like he was inaccurate throwing to McCaffrey. Man, there is something to coming back from a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's you know, people want to say, Oh, there's no excuse for camp. Well, no, it, you come back from a shoulder injury, trying to get used to throwing to these little guys coming out of the backfield that you've never had before. Oh, it's gonna take some time. And I just think now you're right about the the want to to throw to him. You know, I yeah, I I don't know 
if maybe that got a little overplayed. But I do think he was inaccurate to McCaffrey, certainly last season. And this year, I just don't feel like he's been inaccurate. I just hope that Cam isn't – and I don't think he is. This is, this is a complete hot take. But that is focused <laughs> on, you know, not throwing interceptions, on com- keeping that completion. Those, those things don't matter. They don't matter. That was ultimately. so. It was so hyped but, up. The completion, right? And, and I, but those are the, these are the things that he gets hit on regularly by critics. And so I, I understand if he hears those things. But ultimately, I just want to see him, you know, just cut it loose, just like North Turner says, "Cut it loose, baby. Let it go. Cut it loose, <laughs> baby. One more, baby. really, really quick. Last one. Goo Goo Dolls. A plus. <laughs> Someone's so paying going. $70 for a ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell us how it goes. Uh, I don't – I mean, I don't know anything about it. I gave, I gave you Iris. There you go. I gave you Iris as my loan song to contribute to it. I, I, I'm not qualified. If you want to give me – I don't, I don't want to slander the, the good name of the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> you don't want to slander <laughs> based the, good, on ignorance. the good, good name of the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to – I'll plead ignorance here. I can't give them a grade. I'm going to have to sit this one out. That's fair. Oh, great. Well, if you do that, then I guess I now have to, don't I? Um, I will say that, uh, honestly, I couldn't name any of the songs that you guys named earlier. Wow. That's the, yeah, that's the Fine. Nikki, what do you give them? I'll give them a B. Oh, pretty good. A same B. as uh, Same as Cam Newton. Iris Cam Newton. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls, same level. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same. I do the it's a weird grading scale. I do here. believe Iris though was one of I think was it like a, a VH1 best 90 song. Did it, make, got, I mean, did it make that list? It should I'm be. Sure, I'm sure to I me could sing along. Yeah. I just don't. I'm you just really? You don't know Iris or I? If you played it, I could probably sing it. It should have been the song don't, that introduced know. us here today. And yeah. I well, that. I well, hope, but I if it was called One Wrist, yeah. Hope it's going to be a song that closes us out. Walker, tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, I am at Walker Mail, and you can uh, listen to us on 7.30 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. So you can listen to us on the AM dial at 7.30 AM, or you can listen to us on the FM dial at 97.5. Also, if you're a Hornets fan, if you like Panthers and the Hornets, you can listen to us at Locked On Hornets. We're the Locked On Hornets podcast, and you can check us us out on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and just really any place that they podcast or hold uh, hold podcast so you know locked on hornets 7 30 the game come check us out should we take a break before we come back for the 45 minutes of hornets talk miles bridges <laughs> talk between <laughs> oh. walker and colin god it's i was on bring back it's, the buzz show last contract. night i can't do another hornets show. oh no no offense to anybody no, I, hear you. I don't want to do another <laughs> no offense to anybody walker love the voice by the way him and kyle bailey are my two favorite ba- radio voices i yeah, think appreciate wow. it. am i allowed wow. to say that yeah, and i guess bobby it's now wonderful. too it's that, by proxy I, I thought you guys were the same person. I apologize. No, Apparently, no, you're two got, different people. Yeah, I, I cannot escape Bobby if my voice is good. Then yeah, maybe you just need to be hung over. But that's yeah. that's what it, it is. Helps. Colin, where can they find you? Well, I'm just I'm just happy to be here as one of the men that gets to witness you complimenting other men on a weekly basis. Nikki, <laughs> thank you for having us. Uh, and 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 Walker, I, like I know your this. Arms. I know that. <laughs> this isn't the, necessarily the kind of endorsement you're looking for. Uh, but my mom's favorite uh, morning show. Uh, is the way call. Nice. Oh. We got Mama Hoggard on with us. Is yeah, that right? That's, that's right. awesome. Mama Hoggard. She's, she Give listens. her a segment. I feel oh, like. Great. What are we ready. having her on the show? She's got some fiery hot uh, takes on the UNC Charlotte football. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, people can no, find me on Twitter <laughs> at Colin C L T. Josh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. 
Instagram probably there too. Um, you can follow my Spotify playlist. A lot of Goo Goo Dolls. Um, also, and Big Dog. Yeah, you can call me the Big <laughs> Dog. Find me big at dog. Big Dog with eight Gs. I uh, go to theriotreport.com. We're going to DC this weekend. Going to be a fun one. So I encourage everybody to uh, love love us. Oh, there is a. Um, I was say, what if they want to run with the big <laughs> yeah, dog? Yeah, so they're right. If you want to run with the big dog, first of all, stay off the porch and. <laughs> Is that the is that the same? I don't think that's if you want to run with it, you stay <laughs> off the porch. I think well, you go on to the porch if you want to run with the yeah, big that's, dog. Yeah, that's yeah. If you yeah. don't want to run with the big dog, then stay <laughs> on the porch. <laughs> but if you would like to run with the big dog, I'll be running in the. There's a South Park Fun Run that's powered by Ortho Carolina. That is uh, all of the Nikki. What's the date? Do you know it? <laughs> uh, the ni- next Thursday. Next the Thursday, I'll be running in it. Starts at li- the new Legion Brewing in. At 18th, South Park. The 18th. Uh, and I would numbers. encourage everybody to sign up. All of the proceeds go to Hurricane Florence uh, Relief Fund. And uh, it's a great cause. And I will run three miles. Please don't talk to me when I have my headphones in. <laughs> wow. So come and uh, run with Josh and don't talk to him. Run yeah, next to me. We could talk man, afterwards. That's, again, the, the turn that that took. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's all good things. And just don't say a damn word. And just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how we do please it. Please don't talk to me. Pretty you can much. find me on Twitter at Nikki704. This is One Day Contract, a part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. If you're still listening by this point, thank you. So much good stuff today. So much good stuff today. Walker Mail, your One Day Contract is up. See everybody else next week. To see me, I don't think that they'd understand.